Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we're honoured to have a surgeon in the house, a specialist in liver, so be careful. And she's going to tell us what it takes to be a surgeon and the route of education she took. So nice to have you here today, Sally. Thank you. So tell us, when did you first realise you wanted to be a surgeon? So I was lucky enough to travel abroad and I, I went to India and I worked in a hospital there volunteering and I realised I wanted to be a surgeon when I thought I can do something to help people and I think that's what is a sign of having a good life is if you can do something to help a little corner of the world. So. I started on the long process of trying to become a surgeon. Were you a medical student there? Yes, yeah. So I did a medical placement there and saw some different injuries and uh, different surgeries happening there. It really inspired me to take on the challenge. So you was on a degree? Yes. So the training pathway to become a doctor and a surgeon is really long. So medical school takes six years usually. Okay. And then after that, there's a period of at least 10 years training to become a surgeon. Really? Yeah. Something like 16 years. Yeah, it's a really long time. But, but all that time you're learning more and more and you start out with simple operations and then you gain more confidence and more skills to learn complex things. That sounds that sounds deep. So to become a surgeon you learn you learned when you was in India when you decided you wanted to be a surgeon. Mm. What put you in the medical industry prior to that? Because Yeah, I mean nobody in my family is a doctor, so I would still encourage anybody out there who kind of likes the sound of it just to to try to volunteer in a hospital which is what I did volunteer in a hospital as like a healthcare assistant and see if there's anything you can do at your local GP to help out and volunteering with kids and people and just see if you get a feel for what it's like to help others and work in a busy environment like that Um, so I think I just thought that it would be a great career and you can travel and work abroad with it as well um, and it's a fantastic thing to work for the NHS so I would encourage anybody to to give it a go even if you don't know any doctors. What are the most common liver issues or that you come across? Yes yeah, so we're doing a lot of liver cancer so or cancers that have spread to the liver and removing parts of those cancers and also nearby is the gallbladder. People get problems with their gallbladder, gallstones. Just to make sure everyone understands, mm-hmm. what purpose does the liver and the gallbladder serve? So the liver detoxifies your body, um, clears out basically substances that your body doesn't need to use, that don't have um, nutritional value, and 
it also um, helps digest your food so it makes bile to help digest your food um, and it makes a lot of other things that are useful for your body it's a very important organ but it's also an amazing organ you can remove parts of it and it will completely regenerate so yeah amazing organ like a lizard in a tail yeah exactly it it regenerates its function and heals really well it's got a fantastic blood supply is that the thing where you can live with only one yeah you can live with half of the lobe of your liver so that's what we're having to do with some patients who need to have that uh, section of their liver removed because it's got a cancer in it how, how do you get cancer in your liver so you it can spread to your liver from other parts of your body because um, cancers can travel in the bloodstream and they tend to go towards the liver with its good blood supply um, and then other conditions like alcohol and hepatitis cause liver cancer so if you want a healthy liver no alcohol yes <laughs> be careful when you're having sex yeah be careful not to catch hepatitis from uh, needles and tattoos um yeah it's a blood transmission and we also operate on the pancreas which is nearby people get pancreas cancer and you might have heard that that's quite a quite a bad prognosis that one what did the pancreas do the pancreas produces lots of enzymes as well to help digest your food um but you can live without your pancreas and take supplements to to replace that function Supplements and like what? Just uh, supplements with your food, basically, to help digest your food. But often we don't remove all of the pancreas, we just remove a part that has cancer in it. Okay. What does it? What kind of personality would you say you need to be a surgeon? Yeah, I think, first of all, you need to be determined and be a bit more of a marathon sprint rather than a sprinter because it's such a long training pathway you need to be determined to get through you need to be a kind person because you're working very hard really for other people and it's important to be kind to inspire other surgeons and be kind to your patients and really know that you're going to work to do the best thing for them um, you need to have you do need to have some practical skills obviously but it's funny that you don't already need to think oh yes I'm very good practically you can gain most of the skills that you need throughout your training to become a surgeon and I would say you need to cope with stress quite well how do you cope with stress so as we were saying before I'm, I'm in my running kit so I like to run home from work if we if we don't finish the operating day too late then I'll I'll jog home from work and you can think about your day and by the time you get home there's that separation between what's happened at the hospital and relaxing in the evening do you find that you're operating every day or is there some days where no so today we're operating but tomorrow we've got a clinic so we'll have patients come to see us so you diagnose yeah and talk to them about if they need an operation or often if we don't think they need an operation because it's not that sort of problem that's going to be solved with an operation so seeing patients in clinic and other patients on the ward that have been admitted either before or after their surgery we need to come and see them in the morning say hello to them how are you so there's before and after care then, yeah. exactly most of it 
is out of the operating theatre will do one or two long days of operating a week. So a lot of your job is then convincing people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You need to enjoy talking to patients and talking to them about the operations. And Do you um, ever look at someone and think, I don't know why... There's no point in me doing this operation because you're not going to stop drinking. You're just going to carry on. So, do you see what I mean? That, yeah. That's been my issue with... with um, I, I agree with NHS. I love it. I believe in 110%. But there's some people... I, I interviewed a doctor and he deals with throat cancer. Yeah. And he said, you'll see people smoking just yeah. before the operation. Yeah. And I said, well, like, why do it? It's true. There's a lot of ethical dilemmas in surgery, and I think that one of the main messages of being a doctor, though, is that you can't you you do help whoever is in front of you, and in, and if you're a doctor in a war zone, then they're often helping enemy soldiers as well. So you have to try to forget about the ethics of it because that's not really decided by you as an individual it's, it's decided by the the fact that we've decided to have this thing called the NHS that will help anyone and and also where do you draw the line so yes a lot of people have self-inflicted problems like alcoholism but but there's loads of things that are self-inflicted like cyclists crashing and yeah, <laughs> sports injuries it's I, I know what you mean it's it's a really difficult area but we, we encourage and, and support and help people for all the difficulties they've had that might mean they have become an alcoholic and obviously it's not safe to operate on people if they're um, recently grossly under the influence of alcohol so we, we have to support a rehabilitation and if you had to do it all again would you do it exactly the same or would you change your route Yeah, I think I would I'd do it the same. I'd still want to become a surgeon. I think the particular area of surgery and cancer surgery that I'm in is is very stressful for having a work-life balance and if you want to have a family and things like that in the future it's not necessarily compatible, but if if your passion for it and your determination exceeds the other things that will be challenging, then you should still go for it. So I'm happy with where I am and it's a long pathway that I've made it through so far. What would you say to the 16-year-old you? I would say keep that, keep that little spark inside that gave you that feeling that you really wanted to do it and try to gradually add a few bits of wood and tinder to the fire to keep it going. Yeah, because you you really need a big motivation. Yeah, you do. You need to have something that... And that's why I, I suggested to go into a hospital and volunteer and, and work in, in community projects because you'll see people and you'll meet people that do inspire you and think, God, I remember that person and one day I could do something to help help them or change their life, so been a great guest last two questions yeah what impact do you want to have on the world 
I'd love to be able to inspire the younger generation to do surgery, especially young girls out there who think, oh, I don't know any, you don't see as many uh, female surgeons. Uh, certainly I haven't had any bosses that are females, so I'd really like to inspire all young people, but particularly girls who maybe don't think they have a voice or a part to play in this area. Um, anybody can do it. It's You don't require a certain background or a certain gender or anything to become a surgeon. You just need to have the determination. And there's lots of people who will support and help you to to do it throughout the work, the journey. Okay, that's good. You spoke about long hours. You spoke about long hours. And also people always concerned about pay, as in um, pay for education. Is it an expensive thing? Um, do you have to pay like 50 grand to become a surgeon? And no, so medical school, yeah, medical school is obviously quite expensive, but the NHS will pay for certainly the last few years of that depending on what what how, if you've done that medical degree as a graduate or an undergraduate if it's your first degree or if you did a different degree beforehand it, it is expensive because it's longer than most degrees um and after that there are courses but the nhs will give you several hundred pounds a year funding to pay for courses that you need to go on and the rest of the training is done by the NHS. So you're not paying for that. It's it's done at the individual hospitals that you're at. Okay, that's good. But overall, if, if my daughter, 16-year-old daughter, says she wants to be a surgeon, yeah. Uh, like when she said she wanted to be a pilot, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's 100 grand. <laughs> <laughs> that's 100 grand. Yeah, no, the, it's... cost for the course? So you don't pay for that training once you're a doctor to become a surgeon there's one or two courses a year but you're given funding by the nhs for that so you should be able to go into it and get all of the funding you need from the nhs because it's in there they have to train future surgeons so so i'm being paid to to train to become a specialist in a particular area by them I believe you've answered it now, I understand. You're saying the degree part, which is the doctor, Yes. pay for that? You pay for that like any degree, yep. That's, is that like the normal £9,000 a year? Yes, exactly. And then in the last two years, you do get that paid for by the NHS. But it pays Yes, exactly. What well, if you're going to complete the, the, oh, the, the oh, degree, yeah, then you get some... Faith. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then after that, you you shouldn't have to pay for many more courses yourself. They should be all uh, paid for by the study budget you get. And then once you have picked surgery as a route, the NHS is paying you your salary to gain more skills year on year. Well, thanks a lot for that. And we That's wish, okay. And we wish you well. Very Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. 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 We hope you liked that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, 
where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.